Hello, welcome to Generations to Hunt podcast. This is a hunting podcast, and it's by me, Joseph, and then my co-host, Matt. So this is a new podcast. We're going to start, and we're going to try to do bi-weekly, and um, just give a small intro for yourself, Matt. Um, so my name is Matt Raisin. I'm from uh, Owasso, Michigan here. Um, I'm pretty much uh, pretty obsessed with deer hunting. I spend pretty much 365 days a year deer hunting or either not hunting but just discussing hunting looking into hunting uh watching hunting videos it's uh pretty much a year-round thing um outside of that i mean i uh i have a kid and i just bought a new puppy so he's also going to be hunting but he'll be rabbit hunting uh what about yourself joe uh i'm pretty much in the same boat as you i don't think i can go one day without thinking of hunting or thinking of what to hunt um i don't limit myself to one species i try to travel and be really diverse in the hunting world and i do love 3d archery so i do that pretty much all summer long and that keeps me occupied and keeps me on my skills but i would just say any type of hunting is really what i go for and um so we got together and we said that we should start a podcast and um i'm pretty fluent with podcasts i would not say to do them but i listen to them regularly and matt you would not say you listen to them at all i would definitely say i'm a i'm a rookie when it comes to podcasts this is i've probably maybe listened to a couple hours my entire life so you're experts then (laughs) (laughs) um but no, when, when you shot me the idea, I figured, you know, I, I love discussing hunting. Um, I'm pretty strictly a whitetail guy, but uh, I think the more I talk to you, the more my I, ideas venture outside of whitetail to at least uh, learn more about and pique my interest in trying to go after different animals. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm uh, excited to try this podcast thing and we'll just see where it goes and, and see how we do. For sure. Yeah. I don't think uh, if you came here for to get 200 inch bucks, I think you came to the wrong podcast. But <laughs> if you want to stick around for our journey to see how we do or maybe get some tips around the way, maybe just experience our failures. I mean, if you want to just stick around and laugh at us, that's 100 percent OK. Yeah, I would say uh, if you're looking for stories on 200 inch bucks, uh, the my intro of being from Michigan pretty much ruled that one out. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think our goal is to pretty much just try and share what we do know and share what little knowledge we have. And then our stories that we encounter along the ways or um, things that we've encountered just growing up hunting. Yeah. And that's why we I wanted to start this podcast is like I want to bring it back. You know, hunting is pretty prominent to us, but it's hard to say that because our whole world surrounds hunting. But if you're being blind to the depleting numbers of hunting tags and everything else, and you know the you know it's the decline of hunting in the hunting industry, and and we need to get the youth back in there. We have to reach out and get new hunters in there because it's you know I don't care what you shoot. You know I you know we're friends. We're gonna give everybody crap about a use a crossbow, use a gun, and all that. You know whatever. You know, but that's you know that's part of the camaraderie but i want to reach out to new hunters i want people to invite somebody it shouldn't be a competition we're all on the same team and i think we should each one mission and of this podcast if i can reach out to one person out of the 365 days i can get one person out in that woods i think this is a successful mission just one person and because that one person will invite somebody else and then that one person will invite somebody else so if that's like that's one of my main goals is just to get new hunters involved in the outside industry and i mean what would you say about that matt i mean i would agree 100 percent. i will say as i would say i'm a fairly seasoned hunter but one of the i mean most incredible moments i've had is when you're sitting with someone and they get their first animal, whether it be turkey or whitetail, rabbit, squirrel, I mean, to be a part of that is really something phenomenal. Um, and it's, it's um, I would say, better than just shooting an animal yourself. It's, I, it's, a, it's a wild experience. Um, I got to experience 
it the first time, probably about five years ago, I took a buddy of mine from workout and he'd been hunting for like 30 years and he'd never, never shot a deer and he'd been trying and trying and we took him out and uh, he shot a year and a half year old, I think six point and man, it would, that right there pretty much sold me on. It I need been to get a two people. Inch in, but yeah. <laughs> it, that I mean? sold me on. I need to take new people out because uh, to experience that journey was was a blast. And I think, um, I mean, I'm not, I don't know about you, Joe, but hunting by yourself is okay. But when you have someone with you, you know, and you can share the story of the hunt and stuff like that. So I'm always open to trying to get somebody. In fact, I'm always always talking to people at work that don't hunt but they're interested like hey man come out with me right. because it's just so much fun to to be there with somebody else and, and have that enjoyment and when you get to see somebody's just eyes light up because they got their first animal for the first time it's uh it's it's quite a fun experience for sure for sure and that's what i i think the stigmatism sometimes is like oh this is my hunting spot I can't show no one my hunting spot. I can't get no, no one should know what I'm doing back here. And yes, you can have that, but there's so much public land that we, you can take a new hunter, even if we don't see a deer, just getting somebody out in the woods is like, that's just, it's so rewarding, I think. And I I think we, we should change that. Uh, I think in this, I mean, the state of Michigan has millions of acres of, of public land that's available for for people to go out and um, hunt and and learn the outdoors um, some of the stigma though of public land um, is the amount of people that you run into and um, I don't think everyone has the same views as us like uh, I've heard some horror stories on public land but if you go with the right people and and you get someone excited to show you how to hunt um, public land is a, a great tool and resource to use to to get new people out in the woods for sure public land is hot right now i don't i don't know why it's so hot and i I, i'm for it man if you want the challenge and and you know public land private land i i I don't care what you go but i public land is really picked up and it makes me really excited for people being that excited about public land again you know i had some i had some tough stories about public land i try not to like discourage people you know it was kind of rough sometimes um especially opening day of gun season and like a small public partials you are gonna have some rough negative i think effect on that because there's just a lot of people but i did see deer and i did have fun but I was younger and I didn't know, I didn't know hunting that well. So, but I mean, there is so much opportunity, especially in the North of Michigan and well, anywhere. I mean, yeah, I mean, so I would have to say growing up, I started hunting public land and it was not very enjoyable, but the person I was hunting with didn't really know what was going on. And we were just kind of out there winging it. And so we didn't have much success. I think as I've gotten older, um, and I've hunted other states, and I've talked to more people. My interest of public land has most certainly started to go up. I've ventured out a lot more to just do other things on public land and quickly learned that if, if you are a new hunter, I would definitely take someone that has some experience hunting and locating deer. Otherwise, it might not be as enjoyable. But for experienced hunters, um, public land I mean, you hear a lot about people, oh, I can't hunt because I just lost my spot. I'll tell you right now, if I ever lost my spot, I'd be jumping all over public land Ooh. just because I, I love chasing deer. I, I, I just love being outside. So yeah. it would be uh, hard-pressed for me to not go and, and try public land. It, it's, it's really good. It's just, uh, you know, you got you to gotta be a little bit more... Um, resilient, I would have to say, because you have to, you got to venture into areas most people won't go to. And, you know, you're going to have to deal with some things that most people on private land don't have to deal with as far as the other people. Well, you would think, you know, I had dealt with a lot of trespassers last season on my private. I mean, I, I almost ran into more people on my private than my public land spots. And that's sad to say, but it is. it is. But I mean, there's both sides have trials and tribulations. And and if you're if you've ever been hunting and you never said you failed, I don't think you actually been hunting before. <laughs> no, I think that's how you learn. I mean, one benefit, a huge benefit to public land is um, you're not 
isolated to a, a small area. I mean, my private land spots are only 20, 30 acres. Mm-hmm. Most public land spots around here are 10 to 15,000 acres that you're, you have free reign to roam wherever you want to go. And uh, it, um, it, it can definitely be enjoyable, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can get risky with it, too, because mm-hmm. you know what? I mean, I, yes, you'd be smart about it. And, you know, we're not professional hunters at all means. But, you know, if, hey, if you only got a couple days to hunt, put push into the bedding zones, mm-hmm. you know, get frisky with that wind. I mean, yes, use wind as your advantage, but I mean, it's, you know what, if you blow that spot up, guess what? You got a thousand more acres on the other side of the road. So take that chance. I think I learned that when I first started going out of state. So I went to Ohio a couple of years and we hunted strictly public land and my optimism was a lot more, I guess it was higher because of the reputation Ohio has. But the first year we went down there, we were pretty conservative. We kind of sat in the same spot every day. And, uh, I mean, we seen deer, but we didn't have any, any opportunities at all. Um, the second year I went down, um, I was a little bit more aggressive day one. I sat like right on a bedding area and sure o'clock at one in the afternoon, 120 inch buck walks out at 12 yards. You know, um, I've learned if you're going to hunt public land, especially if you're going out of state, you're going to have to be fairly aggressive. Um, and I would have to say even in Michigan, I don't have a ton of experience, but if you see a deer, um, I would probably hunt it the same as I would out of state just because you know, you, you sit in the same spot for three days and then all of a sudden someone comes through and, and blows it out. Now not, that deer is going to be gone. Um, I'm sure if we talk to other people who hunt public land pretty regularly, they may have a different outlook on it, but uh, it's it's probably just part of learning it because it's just not something I've done. It would be a bit of a learning curve on how to hunt public different than I would hunt oh. private. Oh, yeah. And there's different terrains and all that. And I... You know, I've hunted the northern woods of Michigan and then the lower agriculture down here in Michigan. Uh, I haven't done a lot of out-of-state whitetail hunting. I've done some um, out west stuff here and there, but I wouldn't call me an expert in either of them. And I, I would say, yeah, dude, I, I, I hope I hope we can get guests on that can enlighten people. I hope that we can find some people and just pick their knowledge on their out-of-state experience or their and what their interpretation of it and maybe we can help them or maybe we can learn from them yeah i'll be honest if we get a guest for that hunts a lot of public i'm gonna be spending a lot of time learning because it's it's definitely different than private land deer hunting Mm -hmm. for sure Um, that's a nice segue i mean what's your plans this fall um so i have the biggest plan I have for this fall is is clearly going to be my Kansas trip. So I, like I mentioned earlier, I've I've went to Ohio a couple times, hunted, and I had some success. Um, but this year, I got a couple buddies together, and uh, the first two weeks in November, we're heading out to Kansas and seeing what we can we can draw up. And we'll be hunting Weeha property, which is actually private land that the state leases for public use. Um, so I'm going to consider it public land because anybody can get on it. Right. But it's just, I mean, it's a bunch of small parcels that uh, you can just go on and, and hunt deer. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I have my basic private land spots here in Michigan. My goal is to venture out um, onto some public land here in Michigan this year just to, I guess, see what it's like, uh, see see how it goes and and see... See if I can't shoot a big buck off of public land in Michigan. That would be a pretty pretty huge goal, I think, to one day shoot uh, what I consider a big buck. I mean, if, if I seen a hundred and twenty inch deer on public land, it would be it'd be over with. I'd be I'd be shooting that. So let me ask you this: Little, would you ever, or would would you? So you had a chance, perfect opportunity. You have a hundred and fifty inch. Eh, that's a little. <laughs> that's a little greedy. Okay, we'll say a one forty on private, and you could, and you could kill that deer or a Pope and Young one twenty five on public land. What one are you? What one do you think is would be a better defeat for you or better victory? I would say. 
So being that we're in Michigan, a 125-inch deer on public land would be a pretty huge feat. I think um, mainly because you have a lot of people that hunt public land in Michigan, and not everyone is uh, hunting for the same reasons as, say, you or I. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't need a ton of meat in the freezer, so I would say I, I trophy hunt a lot more than I meat hunt. Um, oh, we already had to fire our, <laughs> our exotic trophy hunter over here from our podcast. Um, but I mean, not everybody has that, you know, you know, that, that's what some people go out there to meat hunt for. So they, they see a spike, they shoot it. I mean, go for it, you know, um, hunting private land, you have a little bit more, um, leeway as far as, you know, passing deer and not being so concerned with it, um, I guess being shot as maybe public land, but uh, if in the state of Michigan, if, if I seen a 125 inch deer and I was able to get an arrow in it, I would be uh, ecstatic. I mean that that to me is the equivalent to shooting a 150 inch buck on on my private land farms. I mean I'm going to be through the moon about about being able to do that. That's cool. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I would definitely say public land is would be a, a lot better. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. I think the meat is going to taste the same. But, you know, you know, you got these people that they only have two, three, maybe three weekends a year to go hunting. And, hey, man, whatever you can I, – dude, I, I love smacking some does, man. And I'm talk, I was talking to Matt about it today. I was like, man, I just got to find some good doe properties. <laughs> not even buck property. I got I, – last year I had more problems with – getting bucks all over but i didn't couldn't get no does so yeah i i man i i wish i could just smoke does all day man if i could just go out and just shoot a doe every day and not see a buck i i think i'd be happy but yeah i will and the other thing is uh you know you, you mentioned the you only only have a couple weekends to hunt but public land has varying levels of hunters i mean mm. you have the beginner you have the middle of the road, you have the weekend warrior, and then, you know, you have the the diehards that, that hunt out there. Um, so, you know, for a newbie hunter, um, I mean, I can tell you anytime I've taken someone out, a spike walks out and I'm, I'm begging them to shoot it, you know, right. just, just get a chance. Um, you know, so I think that that's another thing you run into on public that maybe you don't on private. I mean, I can tell you the, the private land places I hunt, we have certain rules set in place, and, and everyone follows them. Um, but if, if if I'm hunting with someone on public land, how am I going to tell them what they can right. and can't shoot? It's, it's their land. They yeah, you know, even, even it's as long as it's legal, long as it's legal. Right. Yeah, you know, even when you know we're going down to Kansas, you're you're talking about a $500 deer tag, and the the other guys I'm going with haven't shot any i guess real big bucks you know yeah. and i think you know our goal down there my goal anyway is to shoot 130 inch deer down there but they've already said you know hey like if a, a hundred inch deer walks by and it's last day I'm, I'm smoking it well you know what as long as you're happy at the end of the day i i could care less you know i'm going down there to to hunt but also to hang out with some buddies have a good time you know and if if one person comes back with a hundred inch deer and, and they're happy and, and they're excited about it, then that that's what the trip was about. All right. Right. So, I mean, outside of that, I mean, what are your plans for this fall? Well, I got some, mostly it'd be private, but I do have a project coming up in the lower end of Michigan. And, um, I don't think I'm going to be able to swing as much to my private lease this year. So I'm think I might snag some public land. So I'm gonna been scouting some areas. I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you because I don't trust. You. I don't know if I'll be driving that far down. I'll yeah. probably just stick around uh, the home base here. Yeah. So um, I might. Uh, I do want to go venture to Ohio. I've never been out. Of, like I said, I've never been out of state. Whitetail. I want to venture a couple weekends on Ohio and just go out there and just learn the land. And um. Maybe if I get successful, maybe branch out to Indiana. I'm going to slowly work my way out Midwest. Well, I'm, I trying, mean, I'm still trying to talk you into buying that Kansas tag. So maybe if I have luck, it'll... it'll. 
get you to decide yeah. to pull the trigger on that for next year. Yeah, and then I do have points in Iowa and stuff. Well, for the following years, so hopefully more out next year. Like if I get a Kansas tag, since they sold out this year, um, <laughs> and that was rare. Yeah, um, um, hopefully work my way out there. Um, I don't know. Illinois is a little strong. I was that it's been on my radar, you know, but it's pretty expensive for a tag and. Uh, I think I'd rather use my money to go out west to do some bear hunting or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I just caught that Midwest bug or, or not Midwest, sorry, uh, out west bug. I I just rather save some of my money and go out and wait for the spring and go out there. Um, but I did uh, apply for some more, uh, a couple more years for probably like Wyoming elk and mule deer and all that. That's that's the big leagues to me. So oh, fun fact, you can also shoot mule deer in Kansas. So. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how feasible it is, as I've never been out there. But um, this might be a dumb question, but that's what you gotta get a lot of them on this podcast, I think. But uh, can you use that tag? Is it an Indian deer tag, or is that suspicious? So species? you can. So we didn't do it, but you get a white tail tag, and then you can upgrade and also get a mule deer tag out there. Oh. And I'm not sure if it costs any more or, or what it is, because we, we chose not to do it, but that was an option when I when I put in for my tag, was a white tail tag and then update um, and also get a mule deer tag oh. too. I didn't know that, so that was really cool. Um, are they prevalent around that area you're gonna be going, or is that more like west, like northwest, or well, um, where, where you're gonna be at? See. <laughs> Yeah, they'll be where I'm at. That's I mean, sure. I know you're not no Kansas expert. I'm just no, asking. So I'll tell be. you, um, I kind of just guessed at areas. Uh, I wouldn't say guessed, but talking to other people, the eastern part of Kansas, uh, you're going to run into more people, and we didn't really want to do that. So they said, go west, go west, go west. What they meant was cut the state into thirds and go into the westernmost part of the this isn't going to make sense. So cut it into thirds so you have, like, uh, out west, central, and then east, and then go to the westernmost part of that east region. Yeah, I went more central. Ah. So, um, And that tag is only good for that zone, correct? Yes, yeah, so you get two units. Um, so I can hunt, like, the central part of Kansas and then the western part of Kansas, and we're pretty much... The western part of Kansas is is wide open. The whole state of Kansas is pretty wide open, but like there's no trees in the, the western part. So we're pretty much going to be staying in the central part of Kansas, but we're going to see mule deer. Um, everyone I've talked to has you know said like you, you'll see mule deer. They're a little bit more prevalent, I guess, um, from talking to people the farther west you go. But I mean, I wouldn't be shocked based on talking to people that. I end up seeing some big mule deer bucks out there, and then I'll have to watch them and wish I would have grabbed yeah. that mule deer. <laughs> a 200-inch mule deer walk by you, and you go, man, I really wish I would have upgraded. <laughs> yeah, yeah 20 really... yards. Yeah, I, I would be pretty yeah. pretty disappointed. It'd make for a good story, but, yeah, it... Uh, Take a picture. Yeah, that's that's probably what's going to end up happening is I'll pull my phone out pretty quick. Uh, yeah. So, um, What's your goal for Kansas? I mean... So my goal is to shoot 130-inch deer. Um, Respectable. And then uh, the other thing is is to help the other people. So the other three guys I'm going with have never hunted out of state. Um, well, I guess kind of. So the one guy, he lives in North Carolina. He grew up in Michigan, and he comes back and hunts in Michigan. He hunts a little bit in North Carolina, so I guess technically he has hunted out of yeah. state. But this will be a little bit different than what um, – any of them are used to so if if one of them is able to get on a deer and i'm able to help them get on a deer that would be that'd be pretty phenomenal um it's going to be a bit of a learning curve for all of us because here in michigan you have lots of big woods and, and ag fields in kansas from just looking at some of the maps and talking to people you have creek bottoms and wide open fields so it's nothing to see a deer a mile away you know and not be able to shoot anything because it, it's so flat um you know so i think most of our focus is to sit on these creek bottoms where there are trees um and then kind of make a game plan going forward there 
um, and and just see how it goes. But yeah, if if I come home with a 130 inch deer in Kansas, I'm gonna be pretty excited. If I come home with a 120 inch deer in Kansas, I'm gonna be just as excited, but not shocked. Uh, because I mean, 120 inch deer walks by you. It's it's still pretty exciting. So uh, I'm still getting to the point where letting something like that walk is 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 just it's pretty hard. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm just gonna break it down to your little trip a lot. But uh, would you say like your first day, you you know, you get there? Are you gonna be scouting like hunting scout? You know, what I mean, just like set a stand, or are you just gonna be driving around? You think and all that? I'm trying to learn from. So I would say. In my experience, so I, I'll, I'll start in my first Ohio trip. So my first Ohio trip, literally, it was completely different terrain. We were in southeast Ohio, huge rolling hills, nothing but hardwoods, no ag. So I was completely lost on kind of what I would start at here in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and just hunt the edge yeah. <laughs> in Michigan, hunt the edge, and they're going to be walking by soon. Um, so when we went down there the first day, the guy that invited us down drove us around, and I remember thinking, like, how am I going to hunt a deer down here? I mean, these are huge. To me, they were, might as well have been mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I had no idea. And then I believe that same day, my father-in-law kind of just we we just took our bows out and just kind of walked around and looked for sign um and then after that we just set up on what we thought was good sign um the first day of my ohio trip we actually had a group of guys that decided they were gonna drive deer with a gun during bow season in ohio like right through where we were hunting. Are you sure you were in Ohio? Yeah. <laughs> sure this wasn't Michigan? Yeah. No, it was it was Ohio. So we were we were pretty surprised. So we actually ended up packing up and moving to a different area. And then I think the first mistake we made was uh we kind of sat on that area the rest of the time. Um I mean I did see a couple of really nice bucks. Uh couldn't get a shot opportunity. But the next year we went down we very first day and we didn't even actually take a bow we just walked around new areas and found um a place where we figured deer would bed and then um looked for sign around that and then um we were able to get set up and actually the first morning i didn't get set up till about 11:30, and like i said about one o'clock 120 inch deer walks out from that bedding at to 12 yards so that that seemed to work out in kansas the plan is to get down there november 1st like mid-afternoon and drive around to different areas so i have a handful of spots already picked out on e-scouting basically yeah and then to to go in there and and look and uh more than likely what i'm going to do is if I find a spot that has really good sign, I'm just going to go back in there the next next day and then sit and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Now, the first day or two might be like the hunting scouting. So if, mm-hmm. I, if I sit up in my area and I'm seeing deer that are, I guess, four or 500 yards down this right. creek bed or I'm just not seeing anything at all, right. um, I'm, I'm just going to move. So somewhere. just getting your toes wet, basically. Yeah, um, but you have to almost, I, I guess I would sum it up as a uh, speed scout you know because in michigan we have all summer you know right and and and, and our properties are like 80 acres right, 120 yeah. acres so yeah. i mean i can see everything from a state road yeah that and you know we have used to trail cameras right. and and the biggest thing is we have time right. down there you know yeah how long do you have as soon as you park your truck from getting there how long of hunt do you have uh 10 days so that's pretty not it does it sounds like a lot (laughs) but it's not it's it's not they go quick yes uh so i mean the other thing um i've kind of discussed with these guys that i'm almost really hoping happens because i've watched some videos and uh i've never got to actually do it is if I see a, a buck, I'm going to shoot bed down with a doe on property I can hunt. My plan is to stalk it um, because it's so wide open down there. 
risky. Yeah. I <laughs> but I don't have, you know, I don't have much experience. So don't be shocked if I come back with a bunch of stock or failed stock stories. Hey, it's not failed <laughs> learning stuff. Yeah. A lot of learning to do. And it, 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 that's a good thing. I mean, like you were saying uh, earlier about people not shooting, like, oh, I'm going to wait out till 120 inch deer. When that 120 comes out and that's your first deer, you're going to be shaking like a leaf in a tree. That's why <laughs> if you take some does or button bucks or whatever is legal, you take a couple, get on your belt, slow it down a little bit. You get some experience on your belt. That's how you learn. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we'll, we can probably jump off the public land, I guess, and talk a little bit about how we learned how to hunt. Oh, yeah. And I would have to say... Uh, growing up for me, my dad hunted a little bit, you know, here and there. We'd go out to public land, like I said, but we'd go like 200 yards off the road and, and we'd never seen anything. And when I was younger, it was cool, but it wasn't really something that piqued my interest. And then I got with a buddy of mine uh, who I still hunt with today. His name's Tyler. And I recall we went out with a bow, no idea what we were doing, and we seen deer. And like he... They didn't really come in range, but they were coming close, and you know you could feel the excitement. I wasn't even hunting really; I was just kind of sitting with them. And then after that, you know, we got together more. We went out more, and you know, I got my first bow, and then uh, you know, practice with that. But my first deer I ever shot was a, a fifty-five pound doe, and I remember being jacked up. <laughs> um, I went with a buddy of mine, his dad and uncle, and. I was sitting up in a tree and they got me in this, like, it's not even a heart. They literally just put a belt around me and tied it to the tree. And so <laughs> if I, <laughs> if I fell, they, I wouldn't hit the ground. <laughs> oh um, man. It's funny, but it happens. All <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the longest time, wear your harness. Just, let's just make that our memo today. Yeah. Wear your harness. I've did just a lot of silly, dumb stuff of being young without a harness wear a harness just uh, spend the money get a comfortable one the ones you get with the tree stand they don't really they're not fun to use and they're really complicated or they get tangled up get a nice harness if you can get anything nice this season get a nice harness so and wear yeah, it i would highly i mean i think i bought my harness for 40 bucks and um it it saved my life uh i guess i'll get into that story real quick i was in ohio and like I said, it's hilly. So I was climbing up a tree and uh, sure enough, the about 15 foot up, I my bottom fell out. And then when I fell, my arms hit the top and the whole thing went all the way to the bottom of the tree. And my harness caught me. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it would have been bad because yeah. I was on the uphill or the up side of this uh, hill. And so my climber was like straight down and i would have probably fallen about 15 foot straight down and just went straight back and it the whole situation would have been rough had i not had a harness yeah yep um continue about your story about growing up and um but yeah so as far as growing up so then i started uh i shot that doe and i remember the guy laughing at me he's like you were shaking so bad the the snow was like falling down the back of his neck from the tree and um I could, I mean, I'll tell you right now, when that deer walked in, it was like 10 yards away. I thought it was the biggest, biggest deer in the world. You shot that with your bow, right? No, I shot it with a gun. Oh, oh wait till we get to the bow stories. Oh, <laughs> yay. Um, and so it fell right there, but I didn't make a good shot on it. And I was so just jacked up, I just froze. So thankfully, the guy with me did have a gun, so he was able to finish it off real quick. Um, and that was my first learning experience of, like, this is pretty wild. Like, this is unlike anything I had kind of really done before as far as that type of rush and, you know, just being, I guess, that worked up over something. Um, that right there was what got me into hunting. Like, feeling that, I was like, yep, this I'm going to do this. So I practiced with my bow, practiced with my bow, went out with my buddy Tyler, and, oh, man, I think the first six or eight deer I ever shot at with a bow I missed um whether it was just getting too worked up in fact the first deer I ever shot at with my bow was on a 110 inch eight point and I missed it twice <laughs> um 
And, you know, then after that, you know, we just learned to shoot more because at the time, I mean, I didn't have a range finder. Um, I'm sure they were prevalent, but in my mind at the time, I don't, I didn't know anything about did, a range Did finder. you ever see the range finder that was, I mean, I guess I'm kind of dating myself a little bit, but, uh, the ones that it was just a scroll and it was a two magnifiers and once everything was double and then once everything came single that was your range on it it would tell you and the it had numbers on it you ever no. seen that one? Oh, oh man, my god rough to use. oh man it was so slow <laughs> it would take you about like 10 to 20 seconds to find a range and by the time the deer is probably already 30 yards away <laughs> yeah, yeah no um but yeah, I think missing all those deer is where I, my first failures where I learned like, hey, I need to figure out how to guess yardages a little bit better. So we went out and we just shot. I mean, we were shoot, we shot so much. Um, and I want to say he did, my buddy did manage to get a rangefinder. That's how he learned how to do it is uh, he got a rangefinder. Then we would put the target somewhere and just guess how far that is, how far that is. Um, and then the first deer I ever got with a bow, uh, again, another learning thing. So I was hunting and this little, I thought it was a spike at the time come in and he's facing, I mean, dead at me at 10 yards and I'm at full draw and he turns like a little bit. And I was like, well, I got to put it behind his shoulder. Cause that's all I knew at the time. Right. So I, <laughs> I put the, the pin behind his shoulder hit him and he takes off and I'm, I'm excited. You know, this is the first deer I put an arrow into like, I'm, I'm jacked up and don't find any blood. So we go back the next morning and, uh, we're walking around looking. And then this guy gets down. It was my buddy's uncle. And he's like, what, what are you guys doing? You know? And I explained the story to him we didn't find any blood and he actually was able to point us in the direction of where the deer was at. And, uh, just because he'd hunted the property so long, he says, there's a good chance it went over there. Sure enough, we, I went over there and it, it was in there and the arrow went in behind the front shoulder and came out, um, just in front of the back leg. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> a hard quartering. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, looking back on that now, it's like, man, like, why would I, why would I take Amen. that shot? But I would say growing up um, with my buddy Tyler and the amount of dumb things I've done in the woods from just not knowing anything about wind direction to. Um, I didn't even know we had to worry about the wind until I was like my fifth season yeah. <laughs> it might have been I just like people like hey how was your win it was great today <laughs> <laughs> um i think i would i'd spend you know you, you'd go in and you'd you'd set up stands and you thought was a great spot not a great spot not really under because when we first started hunting you could bait so that, that's how i hunted yeah, was you know I, that's how like i basically learned how to hunt yeah but continue um and then I mean, just jumping deer, you know, shooting a deer and not waiting a long enough time um, or going into areas that you should have no business going into. Um, taking shots, you have, I mean, the amount of, I would say most of my hunting knowledge is based off of making mistakes because I didn't really ever have anyone to, like, I guess, show me what you know, was the right way or the wrong way. Um, I just had to figure it out. And yeah, the amount of mistakes I've made along the way, uh, I'd say pretty high. So that's another reason I, I enjoy taking new people out because mm. it can get frustrating mm -hmm. you know, when you're making mistakes and you're not having any luck, you know, and you don't have anyone to turn to, to ask questions and things like that. So to, to be able to help other people out and not maybe have to go through the same struggles I had to. I think no matter how long you hunt, you're going to have to deal with the struggle. But to have someone to help you out and answer questions uh, is would have been huge when I was younger yeah. growing up. Right. Um, I mean, so I would imagine your hunting is a little bit different. Uh, I would say I, not so much the mistakes, but... Uh, um, uh, I'll just go to the base of the beginning. Uh, I started... 
I got like my hunter safety when I was like 13 and then uh, I did it to like hang out with my dad because that's what he did with the guys. He went up on a big hunting trip. So uh, actually he took me out one time and my dad was walking on like the fence row the whole time looking for deers. <laughs> but I just sat somewhere. Like he was like trying try, try, try to push them. So like now I look back, I'm like, we weren't ever going to see a deer doing that, <laughs> you know? And I'm pretty sure I was not wearing orange. I'm 100% <laughs> sure like I was not. And, but, uh, um, then my brother-in-law took me out one time, like for my first time, like ever seeing a deer and I had like a 12 gauge I'd never shot in my life and had a slug in it. should have had buckshot, but I seen this beautiful eight. It probably was like probably a hundred inches, but back then (laughs) this this was world record. Not telling you no, but, uh, yeah, I shot probably like two feet over the back with the slug. I can watch it just branches blow. (laughs) It was like a 20 yard shot. And I was just like, Oh man. Um, uh, then I kind of fell out of it. You know, I went up a couple times with my dad, um, when I was younger, you know, when we were like 16, but I just wanted to stay home and like hang out with my buds and all that. And I kind of got out of it. So I turned like, I would say nine, 1920 when I kind of got back into it and, um, to, to hang out with my dad. So that's why I, and it would just be going up there and shooting guns. And, um, I went up there and, uh, I got a, a like a small doe or or actually it was a button buck yeah i got a small button buck and i I got like the edge i was like holy moly like i i spent years up there i never even seen a deer i thought all the deer stories about my dad and all his friends were up there i was like they're bull crap you know Mm -hmm. what i mean because i'd never seen any deer and uh you know all them guys went up there they just went up there to drink yep the secret's out guys you just go up there to drink (laughs) (laughs) yeah so and that's like that's how i learned how to hunt was from all these guys telling these stories on bait and stuff and like that's how like i was like oh this is normal and it could it is and and for sure and that's the how they did it so um i and then i started going up there every year because I kind of lived far away from my uh, my dad at the time. and um, So I'd just go up there, you know, two weeks a year. That's all I did. Two weeks, two weekends a year, or, you know, opening day of bow, opening day of gun. That's all I did. Um, then I got, uh, then I actually I moved back closer to my parents. And then I was like, man, um, I'm going to start, I'm going to start this archery thing. You know, my dad had a bow and I always shot my bow when I was younger, but I never thought about hunting deer with it. Cause how the challenge of hunting with a bow, I couldn't even do it with a gun half the time. <laughs> and then you want me to bring a bow, but I love my bow. I loved it. Uh, and I shot it all the time. I don't know. It was just dumb. Never, never put two and two together. I didn't want to make something that I was already, I sucked at even harder. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then I got into archery. Um, I, I was like, I'm going to go, and I had a decent job, and I was like, I want to go. I had an old, I mean, it was outdated bow that my dad's friend actually gave my dad. Um, so I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy a brand-new bow, and that's what I did. I went out and bought a brand-new Matthews. I mean, any bow, but that's what I went out and bought. I was like, this is, and then I shot some archery, and um, actually I successfully harvested my first doe that year with a bow, and I was like, oh, my God. Like I fell in love. I was like, this hunting stuff is, this is not just for, you know, two weekends a year. Like, like before I never even thought about, you know, like, Oh, deer season's right around here. Can't wait. You know, I didn't even think about camo. I didn't think of nothing. And I just was like, Oh, can't wait to, you know, buy some bush lights and go hang out with my dad. That's all (laughs) I thought about. You know what I mean? I was thought more about, Hey, all that and then i shot my first deer with my bow and i just was like wow this is it brought a whole new light to this archery to me and then um i shot some you know and just continue i was like man oh man and then i started i was like oh i'm gonna you know learn i'm gonna learn how to get on these deer and all that you know because you know it was like we didn't have bait anymore the bait by time that was illegal and i was like man that's how i remember how they did it so I was like, man, if I can't bait them, what can I do? So I went out, you know, and just started learning stuff, YouTube and all that. And I just kind of got in there. My brother-in-law, he's a really big hunter. And I, I want to thank him a lot. He took me out and he's taught me a lot. And and it, he's probably one of my biggest influencers in, uh, in the hunting to get me out there. And 
and um so you know i bounce ideals out with him and all that and he would tell me things he's done because he's always been a be- decent buck killer you know so in then i just you know that whole season when i only got a couple does i think i actually only got the one doe that year yeah i think i only got one doe that year. and then i was like man i want to get a buck so i want to get a buck with my bow so i went out and um started reading getting really into it like just dissecting it and like it's so hard to learn something that you would program wrong you know what i mean and don't get me wrong that's how the old timers did it good for them if it worked or not but that's not how that's not hunting i i i'm not saying it's not hunting sorry sorry it's not that i'm not saying it's not hunting it's just not how I think you can get on to really big deer. Everybody gets lucky. Everybody gets lucky here and there. And um, I don't want to be lucky. I want to be successfully harvest a deer that I work to get. And you know what I mean? Yes, some luck is probably involved. I I think the other hard part about learning to be successful at, at, at getting deer and getting big bucks is... Everybody has an opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, Everybody's uh, an expert every time. Not, hey, have you tried this yeah. scent before? Um, have you, have you, what dope piss are you using? Yeah. What? So you're not, you're not using dope piss? Oh, man, I put this stuff on, on a 40 gallon drum on me. Yeah. yeah and that, then the other thing is how, I guess, it's, I don't know how to word it, but. Things are different every time you go out. Oh, for sure. You know, it's not always the same thing. So you're you're constantly. I don't know that you're ever gonna know everything about hunting. So no, when you're never. a new, when you're a newbie trying to learn how to hunt, you've got all this information that you have to dissect through, right. and then a deer walks in front of you, and it's now you have to deal with that and you know whatever else is going on. So it, it makes it it was. It's not easy to learn. That no, sure. and no, and and now there's so much resources like you know, like forums and you know YouTube and podcasts too. I mean that really. T- I can remember when podcasts first started out. You know, I was like, that's for old people talking about <laughs> antiques or something. I don't know, no podcasts. And then I actually started listening to them. I was like, wow, man, I've learned more in two episodes and my you know my peers i looked up to you know i thought i thought they knew more about hunting but they were just sat over a bag of corn <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and um man i really wish now i'm thinking of it i really wish i could get all my money back i spent on dopey and buck bombs and stuff that man i could buy a lamborghini right now if yeah. i had that money i would say and i'm not saying that stuff does not work please don't sue me um so some people might disagree with me, but I think one of the better things Michigan ever did was get rid of bait. So at least personally, and that's because once I, once bait went away, like as when I really learned how to hunt, I really learned how to find deer, um, really learned how to, to, to make myself more successful as opposed to sitting over a corn pile and then wait for them to come in. Um, especially because after you shot like one or two deer off of them, man, they'd come in so sketchy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but at this point, I I would hope, I, I think they should bring it back. I think it really brought it back because I think so many people have evolved since then. Mm-hmm. I think it's not going to be, you know what I mean, not learn how people, like now it's just like so many people had it evolved because they took that away. And like up in northern, like northern Michigan, like real like the up almost like it's hard to get on top of deer so how thick of woods there is yeah i mean so i guess my experience is from down here yeah I've never i've never really i don't i don't think i've ever deer hunted up north um i think this so. should be a bait line you know what i mean yeah it's like almost like the shotgun line but i i, mean, I can't i'm not a geologist or geologist <laughs> a biologist it's a biologist a biologist <laughs> thank you sorry my public school is, is coming through you're gonna notice that a lot on this podcast yeah. I don't know how know how to speak or spell. <laughs> well, but thankfully they don't have to see you spell. Oh, thankfully they don't have to see me at all because I'm <laughs> ugly as balls, and that's why I have laces that has a crank on there because I don't <laughs> even know how to tie my shoes. It's all right. I have shoeless shoes, so oh, I'm public. It's, you got some hey dudes on. It's, uh, it's obvious we went to the same school. Yeah, no, so yeah. Uh, um, at the well, finest. But I mean, yeah, man, I think. It, I really think they should bring that debate back to just get people involved. In it. I think 
it, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily against the bait ban. I mean, I think it has its place. Um, I'm just saying, personally, for me, when they got rid of it is what really changed how I approached it. So you're hunting. thankful for it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I would say that, too. Yes. Yes. And now I'm like, and oh man, how much time I've wasted over that bait. I mean, it, the animal lives there, and all of a sudden, you know, I mean, it's like somebody coming in your house and putting honey buns on your on your carpet in the middle of your room. You're like, I don't remember that <laughs> pile of honey buns, but I'm interested, but I'm not gonna go there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's almost like that. So I I would say yes, yes. Like you can probably shoot many deer off of there, but if at the end of the day, most of us are gonna want to harvest big, large you know, bucks or does, you know, mature animals and using the mature animals are not as gullible. A little bit, yeah, more weary about things like that. Um, I would say I don't recall seeing any big bucks. Now, I was young, so I was probably also doing a lot of other dumb things like yeah. not playing the wind and <laughs> just doing jumping jacks in my tree stand. But um, I don't recall ever seeing many big bucks. A lot of does. Oh, yeah. Um I mean, that's what you want to get. That's go for it, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, as long as it's legal in your state, go for it. I mean, I don't know every terrain. I don't know, you know, how hard it is to get on top of deer. I imagine like, like Pennsylvania and all that. I don't know if you can bait there, but I know like other places. I mean, I imagine it's pretty tough to get on deer, but well, I believe in Kansas, it is legal to bait. So, and I mean, if I'm just going based off of what I see, that's not a surprise. I mean, like I said, you're not hunting a bunch of woods where deer might bed or this mm -hmm. or that. You're, you know, so trying to get deer drawn in, I, I can imagine it, it's pretty useful out there. And, um, and if people want to do it, if you want to, man, I cry about having a 15 pound uh, stand on my back. I can imagine holding a 50 pound <laughs> yeah. bag of corn with me too. I, well, I mean, <laughs> go for it. I mean, Hey man, more power to you. If you really want to, if you're that ambitious, if you think that's going to do it for you, go for it. I, I mean, spent when, when we were able to bait, I bet I spent more time and energy in putting bait out than I, that I could have used to just learn how to, to find deer. I oh mean, yeah. You know, oh, you're yeah. taking 50 pound bags of apples and corn oh, out, yeah. you know, and it's it just caramel corn. Yeah. And all just exhaust. Dude, I, I can tell you a story about, I I saved up my money and got a really nice Moultrie feeder. <sighs> the, the 55 gallon drum one, the nice one, man, from the Cabela's magazine. I was like, oh, this is going to get them out there. <laughs> so I bought this nice feeder. I filled that thing up with so much corn. It was probably like 150 bucks worth of corn I could fit in that thing. So I was like, oh, man, put that thing out there. I didn't see one deer <laughs> all season because they were like, because when it started to spin, it made such loud noises. It was just like, <laughs> and like no deer was like, I don't know what that is. I ain't a fan of it. I was like, what the hell, dude? You've seen a bunch of raccoons? Uh, Yeah, a bunch of raccoons and birds, man. Squirrels. I mean, <laughs> dude, my squ I probably had Boone and Crockett squirrels out there. How much corn oh, they yeah. ate. I was so mad. I could And then the next year, they actually, that was the next year they, they banned the baiting. <laughs> I was like, oh. So I bought a, like a $400 feeder and sold it on Craigslist for 100 bucks. And I was like, oh, wow, what a great investment. <laughs> this thing is did, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this hunting thing. <laughs> I, and hunting, it can get expensive. And that's another thing. It, like, it can get expensive. You can have the latest, greatest. Like, I do have some nice things, and I, I do splurge on some things on my hunting. But you don't have to. I watched one of my good friends. Or, I mean, I... Uh, a stranger, but we became friends. We traveled all the way out to Wyoming. I never even met him in my life. I and mean, we just text a couple times. And it, I watch him. Uh, I hope he doesn't get mad about this, but <laughs> he's the only one that killed a bear at a bear camp. And he shot it with a whisker biscuit on his bow. I mean, like yeah, things. Yeah, the old $30 whisker yeah, biscuit. $30, yeah, $30. Dude, his bow package. I mean, it was it was a basic bow package. Don't get me wrong. It's probably a good bow. He had the most basic thing, uh, you know, bow package. And he smoked a bear and he took it down. And that's all you need. I mean. Yeah, I think. I don't know if I should be advertising different podcasts, but, uh, well, I guess it's not a podcast. Yeah, dude, you can the, advertise uh, anything you want. It's our podcast. That is, yeah, that is correct. Um, the hunting public, uh, which I, I would almost guarantee any person that's watched or is going to listen to this knows the hunting public. They have a video where they went to Walmart and bought, 
I can't remember if they got clothes, but I know that they bought a bow from Walmart, got it all set up for, they, they got everything set up for hunting. It was like under 500 bucks. Okay. Bow, arrow. I'm pretty sure they got clothes, but I'm not 100% positive. I mean, you don't, dude, you get, you know, as long as you, you know, try to be, you don't, uh, you know, you can play the wind, but, you know, Trying to get some scent off of it, but I mean, a nice dark pair of Carhartts. Yeah, I mean, a, I mean, usually if you're hunting, you probably have a camo sweatshirt. I mean, oh yeah, a, and then a nice camo hat. I mean, you don't have to go. I mean, if you play it right, I mean, it's really not that hard to get into. Yeah, it. but so they literally just went out, got all this stuff from Walmart, and then uh, got they did take it to a bow shop, which I would highly recommend if you ever get a bow, yeah. take it to a a reputable bow shop. Uh, don't just let your buddy from down the road work on it, or you're gonna be you're gonna have a bad yeah, day. Yeah, support local, please. Um, but uh, so they did all that, and then he went out that night and and shot a deer from the ground. Didn't even have a tree stand yeah. from the ground with a bow. Okay. Um, and he he shot a doe with his. Do you Walmart think that? Bow. That intimidates people like, oh, I have to go out and I have to go spend all this money on deer hunting and all this to like for archery or, or even gun. I mean, I mean, I would say the a couple things I noticed from people that are interested in hunting but don't um, or people who don't know much about hunting. The one thing I hear is the price, um, you know, to get into it. it I mean. 500 bucks is, is still not yeah, you're, cheap, you're, but yeah. you're, uh, the, the price to, to, to get into it, which. But you have it for, forever almost. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, the, the problem with, I guess, people like you and I is, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend us telling people how much we spend on hunting because no. it would, uh, discourage more people than it I will encourages. say this is that I am a huge archery talk form guy. Like I, uh, like, Oh yeah. I shop and I shop for other people too. Cause mm-hmm. I go, I, I shop so much. You can get such good deals. And, and I think Facebook has a not on market space cause they will not let you sell stuff like that. But there's groups where you can buy yeah. used stuff and I get stuff so cheap. I tell you about all the stuff I get. Oh so yeah. Cheap. I mean, people that are, it's barely you. And guess what? Used stuff still works guys. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I think the other thing is, um, I know you do this a lot as far as because you have so much stuff. I, can, I couldn't it, afford it all new. I, I, I'll i be 100% honest. I couldn't afford it all new. I couldn't. Well, the other thing I notice is every time I see you, I'll be like peaked by something. And you're like, oh, well, I have like a couple of these. You know, you can have that one, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I try to do the same thing. If I have extra stuff and I have someone new that's getting into hunting, take it. Like, you know, yeah. I, I have three of those yeah, you know help people you know just to save them on like you know and i'm fortunate to, to be able to afford some things and you know i i do hey if somebody says hey this will save me or this will help me mm-hmm. i'll 100 percent. you know i don't know how many times i've taken out new people and then like gave them you know pants and yeah you know, you know just to get them out there you know i, I you know if people don't mind i would I'll give my whole wardrobe, not to have, but, you know, to borrow. I'm like, hey, if you want to wear this all so you don't have to buy it, just to see if you like it. You know, I don't yep. want you to go out and spend $2,000 on camo bows and all of that, and then I'll find out you don't like it. And then, yeah, you know. A, that's and, a lot of money to find out you don't like something. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, I mean, but, I mean, I'm, we might be dime a dozen. There might not be a lot of people like that, but. I mean, it's. That's why this those, podcast is here. We want to yeah. start. I would say those are the people I try to surround myself with um, because it's just uh, it's it's nice to see. I mean, because at at the end of the day, when I grew up, I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have someone to be willing to say, oh, here, you know, use this or use that. You know, Um, I had to save up the money to buy it um, and things like that. So I remember like when I bought my Vertex a couple of years ago, it was the first I guess nice bow, you know. It yeah. was a high end bow, and uh, I, I was through the through the moon. And actually, my old bow, my buddy, um, he just I can't remember what happened to his bow, but he didn't have a bow, and he didn't really want to go out and spend seven eight hundred bucks on right. a bow. So he's actually using that now, you know. And and still, it, it's and got, still running, right? Yeah, it's got a brand new brand new strings on it. Yeah, uh, so you it do strings. I'll break, you know, like three or four seasons. I mean, depends on how much you shoot, you know. But I mean, 
And uh, and that's a, a good way to bring it in. It's just like meeting other people that hunt. And it's so crazy. I never thought in my life, like some of my best friends now and are from people I met at archery or in the hunting industry. And me and Matt actually went to the same high school. And I, we were like, I guess, neutral in high school. But yeah, I, I like don't we think knew who each other we, were. But we, we, we really never talk. talked. Uh, and, uh, and we, you know, kind of grew up and uh, we kind of met again from, you know, a couple mutual friends. And then we... I was like, oh, I know he likes to hunt, and I like to hunt. And then we start talking, and then we, then now we hang out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so and discuss hunting all the time. All the time. <laughs> I mean, sometimes our friends that are not hunters get annoyed from us, but you know what I mean? But that that's what I'm saying. Like, if you surround yourself with, like, good people, you know, hunting, I mean, that's the best way to learn and or is to, or, you know, it, may, it makes it a lot easier is to be with other people that do it, but... And if you don't have the opportunity, that's why we wanted to get this podcast, you know, just to show that, you know, people are not alone. You know what I mean? If a lot of people don't have the resources or the the time to hang out with people that hunting, you know, I mean, I mean, I kind of didn't really have a lot of hunting friends, you know, when I was younger and, and it's probably tough for people to work 40, 50 hours and then have kids or wife and all that to, and, to meet people and um we can talk about it on the show and you know maybe help these guys out or you know i i would love to have like a function you know i would love to have a couple events you know if this gets big enough and maybe uh, you know we're not we're not doing it for the money i i can tell you that i don't know matt about matt's game plan but i know we're not doing this about the money or the fame we're not going to be famous we're not going to get million dollar contracts we're not going to be selling this to spotify like joe rogan but we just want to talk to people we want to grow camaraderies and you know if anybody's in the dark about you know hunting we we love to shed light on it give them our input you know and i'm sorry i'm not gonna be able to give everybody free stuff but (laughs) you know i i can help you i can you know we can you know point in the way or you know we can just we just want to get new hunters out there you know the youth we we can try to reach out to youth but usually that's up to the parents and all that so we you know if we can help somebody get their kids into hunting that would be great too you know that's what i want to you know this this brand i want to build is just to help the common man and um you know get new hunters out there and Maybe the youth, I mean, you have definitely, definitely need to get the youth involved. And, um, you know, that's what I want. Just maybe a meetup, you know, once every couple months or something we can do or something just to talk and then maybe have like a little Facebook group or whatever form of social media. We can talk, bounce ideals, you know, some people that never been out to Kansas and after Matt goes, Matt can now help them. Cause you know, that was the hardest step for me to go out West is to, was, Cause I didn't know no one. I asked people for years. I was like, "Hey, man, let's go out west." And they're like, "Oh, man, I really don't want to go." Or everybody would say, "Oh, I would love to do that." And then when you, yeah, and when it comes time, yeah. you're gonna go, "Hey, man, I got this idea. I, I got this. You know, I got this plan. Yeah, yeah. Or, or something or come up. I got this. You know, I got the service or guide or whatever." And they're like, "Oh, man, no, sorry, no that." So I'd be like, "All right, maybe next year." And they're like, "Oh yeah, oh maybe next year." Guess oh, what? Next year for sure. Yeah, next yeah, yeah, yeah. year, hit me up next year. <laughs> And that's the thing is I'm not getting no younger. And next year hit, and then all of a sudden next year turned to next year. I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm almost 30 years old, and I haven't even been out west. So I made a leap. I actually I met through another podcast. I, I went with a group of guys I never met, and like I said, I, I drove halfway across the country with a complete stranger because we had the common interests, and that was that was the step I was willing to take to go out west, and it was the best decision I ever made and I, now I regret it because I love it. And like I'm trying to say is, you know, if you, that's the thing about hunting, you sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone and we want to make it easier for you guys. And um, I, I don't know where I'm trying to go with this. But I'm just, uh, I mean, so I would say what I'm trying to get out of this podcast uh, uh, is, the, a lot of the same thing. So at the end of the day, I could uh, I could talk about hunting, deer hunting, rabbit hunting, turkey hunting, hunting. I don't even know for for hours. And my my wife probably gets actually she doesn't probably she gets very annoyed <laughs> with me doing that. Um, um, I could share stories for for hours, mm-hmm. but um, 
I also, you know, if I could help someone, I'm, I'm going to be happy. If, if I could help anybody to at least encourage them to get into the woods or even teach them something, I'm going to be pretty excited about that. The other thing I'm, I'm really looking forward to is, is learning new things here. Um, you know, our goal is to get some guests on here. Um, and hopefully I can learn something from them, especially, you know, earlier talking about public land. And uh, I would say I, I'm a bit negative on it. Uh, but I'm hoping that that I can talk to somebody else and they can help me out there. But yeah, the biggest thing I'm trying to do is 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 teach, learn, and then and then help. Really, are really my three goals uh, as far as doing this podcast and then just have a good time. I mean, like Joe said, we're not out here to make millions of dollars. I think the idea was just to for Joe and I to get together and, and talk hunting and, and have a good time with it. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. So at that note, I think we should wrap this up and, uh, you know, we're going to be, uh, since this is a very young podcast, uh, we're going to be trying to get into our more social media. We don't have none yet like out, but by, by time this airs, um, we'll probably have an Instagram and then maybe a Facebook. I know we have an Instagram like set up right now. Um, so when this comes out, I would love for you guys to reach out to Gen- generation to hunt Instagram. I think it's underscores generations underscore two underscore hunt. And then just give us a fall and then, uh, then we can just go from there and do more episodes and yeah, if you have any advice on how to podcast, shoot us that advice. Yeah, we would love <laughs> to learn how to do this thing. So, um, yeah, it's 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 probably gonna be real cringy. If I, and probably no one's even gonna be listening to it at this point. They probably closed up at after two minutes. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's it's gonna I be mean, tough. Me, I never done this before. I did a couple YouTube videos, and guess what? I wasn't. It's like my hunting. I'm not that good at it. I would say at the end of the day, I mean if. If you if you just enjoy people talking about hunting, I, I would ever say this podcast can be for you because there, there's going to be a a lot of just uh, you know talking about hunting in general, whether it's sharing stories or sharing experiences or just ideas. I mean, you might not agree with them, but if if you don't agree with them, let us know. You know, we're we're pretty open minded people as far as uh, having debates on what we think is right or wrong. As as long as it's legal, we we could really care less, but I'm always down to discuss any type of hunting. Awesome, man. Well, looking forward to seeing you guys next time. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Bye.